Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back once again. Thanks for joining us for the last three. This uh, this podcast, Bid Golden, will be um, a little tamer. It won't have the um, the fireworks that Forty One contained with all of that insanity, um, but still a few a few pretty tough calls um, with with a couple guys coming up weights. One Zane Rutherford of Penn State, another Nittany Lion, um, kind of giving us some tough decisions. He was just as a kind of a recap of the true freshman campaign Zane had at 141. Wins over um, Logan Steber, Logan's last collegiate loss of uh, his only collegiate loss was last three years. Yeah, his only loss his last three years. Um, he only lost as a freshman and true freshman. Um, but yeah, so his only loss his last three years. Came at the hands of Zane. Um, he also beat Chris Dardanes. He beat Dutton um, and Makati, Haran, and Jeva Kalika. Uh, those kinds of guys. So he had some really good wins. His only losses that entire season were to Logan Steber and uh, Mitchell Port, um, who are, you know, they, they've been the two best guys in the weight the last two years, kind of, in my opinion, hands down, despite on the NCAA fin- finishes. May not necessarily align with that, but. That's been the reality, um, and with right. w- with that, uh, he takes last year off. Essentially, he wrestles freestyle. He doesn't uh, wrestle any folk style matches. So that's kind of the resume we're left with to compare. And you compare him to Brandon Sorensen. And my initial gut reaction was Sorensen over Zane um, for a reason that I have said shouldn't really be a reason. It, basically, since Sorensen was the guy. Sorensen had beaten Surtis that year. It, they're close, and uh, give the nod to the guy that's um, kind of at the weight, that's been established at the weight. But, uh, Ben, you kind of talked me out of that, if you want to uh, elaborate a little bit more there. Yeah, well, you know, I think because Zane was, you know, didn't wrestle folk style at all last year, so it's kind of can let us forget just how good he was that true freshman year and what a shock and how impressive it was for him to beat Logan Stever. So it's like, yeah, Brandon Sorensen beat the returning champion, Jason Zirtsis, and But he, you know, Zane Rutherford had a better win two years ago. And it's, it's kind of something I feel like it has happened a little bit with Zane that as we've had all these, our youth freestyle wrestlers, 
they, you know, they've done so well. And I feel like, frankly, Aaron Pico beating him repeatedly in freestyle has kind of thrown some cold water on how good Zane Rutherford is at, at freestyle and folks, but, you know, particularly folk stuff. Um, so I, I think, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and then yeah. some other factors have just kind of, you know, thrown a wet blanket on Zane. But in reality, he's very real threat at this weight. Maybe, maybe the best, you know, maybe the best, he could easily win it. Um, but sure. we'll see what happens, certainly. But, you know, Sorensen lost to Cobb last year. That's not something that Zane has any losses comparable to. Um, lost, he, yeah, he lost to Cobb at NCAAs even. Yeah. So that, that kind of those wind up being the thoughts that go into that. And then we had a, well, we had Evan Henderson moving up um, also from 141. And just like Zane was at 141 two years ago, and then last year took a year off, wrestled a little bit, um, or didn't he wrestle at all? He no, wrestled most he, of the he, didn't, he didn't wrestle any um, folk style tournaments last year. Yeah, and now he's bumping up as well, allegedly. Unless he looks at 141 and thinks, "What the heck am I doing? I'm getting back down there." Yeah, um, which may, which very well may happen. It's entirely possible that he goes 41. Right. So, you know, we have him him coming back, and he's been another guy. He's been a little bit erratic, you know, but very good guys um, throughout his career. Um, had, I believe, his sophomore year was might have been a little sketchy. Is that the one of his, his years was, you know, he had some losses that were maybe unexpected, but, um, you know, he's, He's been a top five guy and, you know, beat Mitchell Port that year that uh, Port beat Zane. So, you know, that was somewhat of a, we'll call it a fluke win over Port or something that wasn't a repeatable win. Um, But, you know, so I think he gets the nod over BJ Claggon, you know, who was a hot freshman last year at the end of the year. Yeah, super hot. He came on fantastic. He was a guy that... BJ Clayon has like one of the biggest fan followings because my Twitter was constantly lit up because early he he wasn't rankable early and he wasn't rankable actually for kind of a while and then he beats Habit and everyone's like oh told you I was like no you didn't you you were wrong the whole time but um, a lot of guys were riding for BJ because and I know why I know why he is really really good and I watch it I'm like okay this guy's fantastic just the results weren't there and now they're there so he's a he's a legit guy he's a top five guy and um look for him to to make some more strides but another one we we uh we struggled with was re-entering jake souflon who has been kind of um you know a, a mainstay at 149 super solid guy he missed all last year with a knee injury and and took a, a red shirt uh and so initially you you wanted him uh over Claygon, and I kind of talked you out of that, and I think I, I feel good about um, Jake behind it. You know, BJ got it done at NCAAs, and, and it's something that, for for better or worse, Jake hasn't been able to do just yet. And their their wins are probably comparable. Right. I mean, BJ has the better singular win, right? And 
Sufalon has the better collection of wins. So it's always right. tough, it's always tough to differentiate with that. But uh, I felt pretty comfortable giving Clegg on the nod there, five and six. Um, anything right, and, and I can get behind that. You know, he, he and he he's got a lot of momentum right now. When you sometimes it can be fickle with freshmen who have a hot NCAA tournament, but it can also be, you know, it's often. Uh, you know, they're, they just turning put point. It together at the right time. Yeah, turning point, and and that's what it appears to be with Quagon having heated up at his conference tournament and kept buzzing right on through NCAA's. Yes, certainly. So um, another guy and someone who, you know, he comes in at nine, uh, Anthony Colica, and he's finally going to be wrestling at the weight. He probably. I'm not going to say he should have been all, at all along, but the, his ideal weight at 149, coming down from 57, after a a, a pretty meet, marginal year for him, where you know him making round of 12 was kind of almost best-case scenario when you consider the season he turned in. But him coming down, and we saw him his uh, freestyle results. You know, he beat a number of good guys. He beat Sorensen. He, I'm not going to say beat Sertzis, but he, he had another really nice win in freestyle. But anyways, that didn't really matter, but it kind of speaks to maybe where he's going to be when he's wrestling at the proper weight. Um, and this weight got a little thin. I feel like he's good at, at 9. I actually would have been okay with him actually being lower, maybe at a 10-11 spot. But um, Kalika, maybe uh, I'm more mentioning him as a guy. Keep an eye on him as someone to maybe climb the rankings quickly. When, uh, in my mind, in my eyes, he is a title contender, a legitimate one. And... Um, yeah, I, I feel comfortable saying that. So just keep an eye on him. Another guy who, and this is something we talk about often, that uh, a returning All-American Daniel Neff, who who only checks in, we'll say only checks in at eleven because he was, you know, an All-American a year ago. But if you look a little deeper, the wins uh, and also the losses just don't don't enable him to go a whole lot higher with losses to Nick Montgomery and Brian Heyman and uh, Barber and Barber again. And, um, you know, he lost to Claxton, who he ultimately beat in the round of 12. So uh, with Claxton being his best win and maybe Heffernan, I feel like 11 is, I don't know, it could be even generous. But he was an All-American. He did get it done. And he did have a nice NCAA tournament. So he was a guy that went from unranked to, to 11th. Um, a, a year ago. And, right. And, yeah. And uh, I think in, he doesn't have, like you said, a lot of, a lot of justification to complain with that right now. Kalika, you know, it, it seems high. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if it does because you look at it. He does have wins over Walker who, who really up at 57 had, you know, some nice ones of his own. And then right below him is, Kenalea, who, you know, his best win is like a Zach fight. So, you know, I, I feel all right about Kalika where he is, though. Certainly for most of the, until NCAAs, yeah, Kalika wasn't quite up there. No, not besides either. beating and sending Dylan Alton into retirement. <laughs> he did retire Dylan Alton. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> perhaps his, his claim to fame. Um, now, with Hunter Steber, we, we he was he continues to be the hardest guy to rank in America. 
Um, and we're just kind of holding Pat with him at 13. I don't know what when we're going to see him. I mean, he had both his elbows cut on. And we mentioned this, I think, some in the last podcast, I believe. We, we don't know where he's at. Um, the, the win over Bites kind of has him clinging on for ranking life right now. Even though he's at 12, he could... He could easily be unranked, and he could be, you know, he's a tough guy to rank. But we feel like it's a pretty fair spot for him, and we'll see where he goes. He might go down. He might stay at 49. Um, but right now we're just sticking with him basically where where he we ended with him last year. Um, right. And um, with with him, Moving on, uh, we're going to have Joey LaValle. He's a, a new addition to 49. He's coming down from 157 with the departure of uh, Drake Hudeschelt. So he's he's someone that had a lot of hype coming out. And he's, still, he's got a pretty big following too, like a little Claygon-ish. A lot of people are pretty high on him. The wins were decent. You know, he actually beat Kalika last year. Um, he split with him, to be, to be honest. He beat Pac. He beat... Um, you know, Mike Kelly and, and Justin D'Angelo. So he's been a solid guy. It's the the losses with him. You know, he loses to a poster, Clint Poster. He loses to Pike. He loses to Boyle. Um, so we'll see if, if the drop down makes him a little more consistent. But he's another guy. Keep your eye on. He could be someone that climbs up into the top 10 and maybe even further as the season goes on. But right now, 14 is the spot for Joey. Any, any thoughts there, Ben? Well, I, I think that we kind of see a tier here somewhere from maybe right below Jake Souflon, um, all the way down to, I don't, I don't know exactly where it drops off. Maybe all the way down to Mastriani. We have somewhat of a tier and a couple interruptions into that Hunter Steber because we just don't know what to expect from him. Uh, you know, you, you can see a lot of fluctuation with, you know, amongst these guys and, you know, your expectations of how they perform wouldn't change very much between those guys, with a couple exceptions. Yeah, certainly not. I completely agree. Now, um, moving on. I think that's mainly uh, this. I, I'm not going to lie. We, I spent way too much time trying to find guys to fill the last couple spots. It, it's Some of these weights, it's, it's really, really tough. So not going to get too much into the weeds there. Um, Ben, any parting thoughts on 149? Uh, no, I don't think so. We got, uh, Chris Perez, Lake Gardner and Marcus Kane filling it out for now, but, uh, we're looking for hungry sharks out there. <laughs> uh, wanted to jump in here. Yeah, so. certainly, certainly the case. So, uh, thanks for tuning in guys. Tune in Friday for 157. Thanks. <laughs>